What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, I can respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and on this episode of Network and Spill, we're doing a special spotlight episode because it is Women's History Month and I wanted to highlight special women doing really cool things this month. I found, actually, I found a really cool group based out of LA and I have a representative from this group on the show today to talk to us about it. So um, definitely tune in and make sure you stay to the end to get all the information on how you can support this group on how you can learn more and how you can get involved there's so many ways that you can support and get involved with this group and so i'm really 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 excited to introduce the free black women's library out of la all right and so on the phone i actually have miss asha grant hi how are you not bad how are you i'm doing good i'm great awesome so okay so let's start with tell us first about the library because i know the library started it was founded in brooklyn new york right yes originally yeah um so the free black women's library is based currently in brooklyn new york um i believe there is another chapter in chicago okay. that actually hosts an event um annually in the summer but I haven't been able to find like too, too much more information on that. But um, yeah, so it was started by Olaranke Akinmowo. Um, it came about, I think, maybe like five or so years ago. So it's been in the works for a while. Um, it's a mobile pop-up library. And it's essentially a book swap slash event that occurs monthly. Um, each month, people come together to swap books written by Black women. It features only Black women writers exclusively, which is amazing. Um, and I actually stumbled across this library event when I was living in New York. Um, I was living in New York to get my master's degree and well, that's like a whole other story. Um, what I did like most about living in New York was just living in Harlem and experiencing so much Blackness, art, just like the Harlem Renaissance is still alive <laughs> there. And so I was walking around outside and I stumbled across this pop-up. Um, immediately, I noticed that there were all of these books written by Black women. There were people of all races, ages, gender identities, um, they're discussing the book, swapping. So once I learned about the concept, I was like, this is amazing. I ran back to my apartment to go get three books written by Black women that I could swap for. Um, and I think later on, they had a discussion about books, Black women, um, like identity, things like that. It was taking place in a museum. So I wasn't able to attend that actual event like after the book swap. But um, in the future, I did follow the library to different events across the city. And when I moved back to LA, I'm from LA, I'm a LA native. Um, I really missed having that sort of community. And so I reached out to Ola about starting a chapter here and she was thrilled at the idea. Um, 
a lot of people I think have tried to sort of do it in the past, but it takes a lot of work actually to build the collection and build the connections and things like that. So she was like, if you're ready for the challenge, like go for it. So um, I went for it and it's so far it's been, it's been exciting. Wow. That is amazing. I had no idea. That's how you kind of got started in that you were in New York originally when you sort of found um, the pop-up group and, and all of that. So Okay, so you're in LA now and you're building this this group, right? This this collection. Yeah. What do you call it? Um, so what do we call the our collection or like a, our collective of people? Yeah. Or, well, so okay, so the the other thing, so I should probably just I'll continue on with the like the story because I think it kind okay. of answers <laughs> that question too. Okay. Um so so yeah, so I moved back to LA. Um, I'm missing that sort of community. I'm not sure how familiar you are with LA, but we are not New York. Um, we don't have the same um, the same sort of history and the relation, same sort of relationship to like blackness and the diaspora and things like that that a place like New York has. Um, and so it was really important that the first thing I did was to find other black women who wanted to help. Um, I have very complicated feelings about black women and free labor, um, even if it is labor within organizing. And I think it's really important that we lean on each other and aren't afraid to say like, hey, like I'm doing this work and it actually is a lot of work and, um, and I need help and I need people that have access to resources and access to things that I just might not have. Um, so I put out a call on Instagram to build a founding team of women who are dedicated to uplifting Black women's stories. And two people reached out to me. Um, well, not really. Actually, there was a lot of people that reached out to me, but I ended up working with two people. Um, they are not here on the show right now, but um, Desiree Taylor and Kara Taylor, who are not siblings, but they do have the same last name. Um, and so one of them focuses mostly on helping with event production and the other um, we tag team with social media and She's going to be taking like photography, uh, excuse me, not photography. She's going to be taking photos at our events. So together we're kind of like a trifecta powerhouse <laughs> group. Um, I've actually thought about like naming us as a, like an official sort of collective, but um, right now our nickname is Freebies. So every time we have a meeting, we're like, is it time for a Freebies meeting? Because the Free Black Women's Library LA is just very long. So yeah, it is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, <laughs> but it's really, it's a, it's a really amazing name. Like yes. every time I say it, I think people sort of are instantly moved by it. Um, just the idea of like freedom, women, black women, literature. It's like an instant. Yes. <laughs> it is because I, I didn't actually realize the duality of the name until later. Um, mm -hmm. When I first heard the name. Um, so first of all, let me just rewind. So um, I found you all because I was on Facebook perusing probably at 2am and um, <laughs> I saw Ola Ranke being interviewed or there was a spotlight video on her. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh God, I have to follow like everything. And so I went on, I went on Instagram and I followed the free black women's library. And then I found you guys cause it's all connected. And, um, it was just, it was so much fun. I was talking about this last week on the show because I had an author who's from Bedsty, um, Erica Buddington, and mm. she was talking about, um, just like growing up and reading. And, and I was telling her, I was like, I have been rabbit holing into 
literature lately for some reason. I don't know if it's because mm. I haven't been on the East Coast in a while. I'm sure you can attest to this. We have actual weather oh. here. Um, and when yes. I say actual weather, I mean like it's <laughs> freezing. And so I've been inside a lot. And it's, mm. it makes you want to curl up with a book. It makes you mm. want to read stuff and just like get your coffee. And I love a good latte and just sit mm. and blanket mm-hmm. and be warm. And that's what I've been doing. And I found, I'm sure you've heard of it, um, the well-read black girl book, right? And so I'm going, I'm like, oh my God, I can't stop. And then what I didn't realize about this book, guys, you have to buy this book. I will link it in the show notes. Um, Every chapter, it's kind of like um, divided into sections, different genres Mm -hmm. of books. And where women write about how um, they've, been inspired by certain genres and certain authors that you know are in certain genres and I happen to get through a couple of those genres and at the end there's a list of recommend recommended recommendations and I'm mm-hmm. like so then I'm on Amazon right now on Amazon like <laughs> my shopping cart is huge and oh my god they're, yeah they're all black women for the most part all black women authors right. and it was Amazing. So I have been just like surrounded by books and by authors and by amazing pieces of work. And I can only imagine how much work it must be to put together um, something like this. So first of all, I'm just, I just want to commend you. Kudos to you for taking on this challenge. It sounds uh, like thank you. so much fun, but also it seems like it's really rewarding, right? It's extremely rewarding. I feel like, uh, so I, for a tiny bit of background, I got my bachelor's degree at Spelman College and I haven't really been able to find um, a community quite like that one since I was there, which I mean, you know, for those who don't know <laughs> what Spelman College is, it's a historically black women's college um, and it's a seriously magical place. Um, it's really hard to top uh an experience like going to school um, and learning and growing and, you know, finding yourself in a space like that. And so, but I've been missing that. And I've secretly been like chasing that um, even before I went to Spelman and I found that. And then after I've been just really craving spaces that are affirming places where I feel like I I can be 100% me and that's just okay. And sometimes Los Angeles isn't a place where you can feel like that. Los Angeles is a very um, individualistic city. Um, we are like a freeway city. Literally the, the layout of Los Angeles is not really communal. Um, we don't have a lot of really good public transportation. We don't have like a big subway system where people are you know crammed together and things like that. I mean, people just sort of like stay in their neighborhood and maybe walk around the block, but um, really we're just in our cars and um, it's just, it can just be very isolating. And so in a way, you know, pursuing this project and putting the work in has really been personally fulfilling in that I've been able to find this community in LA that I didn't even know was really here. And I, you know, I grew up here and I didn't know that, um, you know, there's all of these book clubs that we have here that feature black women writers. There's black women writer circles that are here. I mean, the connections that I've been able to make across the city with people who are just like all about black women and literature and storytelling has been just extremely rewarding. Um, 
And it's also been just like great for the city. Like there are so many people I run into that are like, I've been wanting a space like this, or I feel, you know, I, I've been wanting a, an opportunity to engage this huge part of myself that never really gets touched or never really gets seen um, here in LA. So I think it's important, particularly for the West Coast to have an event and a moment monthly um, where Black women are recognized in a city like LA. I mean, I think there's, it's maybe like 10% Black or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Black women are just, when people think of Los Angeles, they think of like some blonde dude on a surfboard or something, um, which is like the antithesis of Black women. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's been rewarding for me personally, but I think um, just for Black women in LA, it's it's already, before it's even like really kicked off, kicked off, has been the saving grace for a lot of us. Yes. And yeah, that's why it's so important. And I will tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about because I I grew up all over. I'm a military brat. But um, when I was of age and I had some coins, I moved from DC to um, San Diego. But prior to that, I went to Howard. So um, (laughs) yeah. And I have friends who went to Spelman and I have friends that went all all up and down the the coast, um, the East coast. But at Howard, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, that's right. The Mecca, that's the place where a lot of the sororities, fraternities were founded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Chocolate City, DC is, right. to me, it's, it's one of my favorite cities in the, in the world because you can see so many women that look like you who are business professionals. We're educated. We're out here doing big things. Um, some of us are in politics or in government or federal um, entities or agencies. And it's so much fun. And I, I love that about DC. It's, it's kind of like Boston because Boston, I was born there. There's a lot of schools and universities there where education is huge, right? Everybody yeah. who's in Massachusetts knows about um, and appreciates the education and the sort of the, that world, that's that world of learning and growing and studies and stuff like that. So I love that. And I thrive in that. And I'm with you on the West coast. Yes, there are, you know, you got Berkeley and some of the other schools and US, what is it? UCSD and UCLA and you've got schools, right? I don't know most of them because I didn't grow up there, but it's, you you know, you're not focused for me. the, The vibe is not so much in LA, like education and learning or reading. It's definitely when I think LA, I immediately think America's Next Top Model and um, actors and actresses and singers. Like that's what I think of. And then San Diego, obviously that's where I spent most of my time. Um, San Diego is definitely where I feel like there's a lot of surfers, um, lots of um, wealthy sort of hips, hippies and hipsters in North Park. I mean, it's, it's a totally different vibe. And yeah. You don't get that. I mean, I don't remember. I think the demographics were either 13% black or 17. I can't remember, but they're not mm. high. They're not high. And and you have to look at the age range too, right? Because the military is there and that's where in San Diego, lots of military. And so I often right. wonder how much of that percentage is just like Navy men, right? Or Navy right. men and women and not just regular, you know, people, civilians living in the, in the city. So it is difficult to find um, people of color there that you really see yourself in or that you feel inspired by. That's one of the reasons why I left. Um, And I will say 
for those of you who are on the West Coast or in places where you don't feel like you see people like you, definitely doing the work to find groups like this one, to find meetup groups. That's what I did. And that seems like what you've done too. You not only researched it, but you created your own um, so that you had a place where people could come and you could help sort of finesse that and grow that. Um, that's important. If you're not seeing what you want, then you can maybe not easily, but you can definitely easily get started um, yeah. to start your own group, to start something. And yeah. that's important. And that's definitely the message that I try to make because the show is about networking. The show is about expanding your horizons, meeting new people, growing your, your database of friends, your social network, getting out there more, even if it means getting out of your comfort zone because mm-hmm. it's hard in LA and in Southern California. Oh my God. <laughs> It's really yeah. hard. I mean, LA is not a friendly city. It's, it's just not. not. And it's and just because you're black, you know, doesn't mean other black people in the city are friendly either. Nope. It's a very the the culture of LA is is as I said, it's very individualistic. It can be very mm-hmm. superficial. Um, there's like a a certain like um, air of like I don't know. People can be sedity. Like it's just, it, it can be very political and it can also be, um, and that can be scary because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a socialite. I'm not a person who has like, you know, thousands of followers on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'm just a regular black girl. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I lived in Inglewood. Like there's, I really don't have, <laughs> I don't have the big like Baldwin Hills, TV show sort of life that I think people, uh, do you remember that show? Um, um, I think it was on BET. I don't. It was Baldwin Hills, but it was basically like the black version of like the Hills or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was something, but um, the point is, is um, the networking aspect of it is something that you can't escape. Like you have to, and, and your comfort zone, your comfort zone cannot um, hold you back from that because like in this, I've had to, you know, practice just my sort of like 30 second pitch line, you know, because even though it's not a business necessarily, it is an organization and I am building a following and trying to, um, you know, find people who are interested in being partners and connections and stuff like that. And that means being a person who's comfortable speaking in front of other people, being a person who's comfortable doing interviews like this one. Um, and so, yeah, like your comfort zone and my comfort zone is, I mean, I'm a homebody. Like I'm very much Netflix and chill. I'm very <laughs> like my head is in a book and I'm comfortable just being like that. So um, yeah, it's challenged me in a lot of ways, but it's been fun. It's been good. Yeah, it's rewarding to, you know, put yourself out there and and then see the results. And then also meeting different types of people. I think we oftentimes undervalue how cool it is and how fun it can be. That's, I don't know about your experience at Spelman, but at Howard, I met black women from like everywhere and it blew my mind. That was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I had was beyond obviously the fashion because the fashion was just, I mean, come on, that Number one, when you, yeah. when you look at the, the, the walks of life that these women come from, it really opened my eyes because, again, I grew up in military bases. I grew up in random, um, you know, parts of the parts of the U.S. And, and neighborhoods and communities, and it wasn't always diverse. It wasn't always not diverse, but I didn't always see different people. And when you live on a military base, there's people literally from all over the world. 
And mm. some of them were born in Korea. I mean, and, but they were black and it, just everybody is just a mix right. uh, of location and, and, and background. However, when I went to Howard, I saw black women from literally Arizona, like some places I had never really heard. Arkansas. I met right. people from <laughs> Africa. My, my roommate, one of my roommates, uh, my freshman year was Nigerian and she did not speak really good English. And, um, mm. and my other roommate was from New Orleans who I'm still friends with to this day. I went to her wedding and she lives in Texas. And when I was there, I hung out with her a bunch and, wow. you know, just like the different walks of life, you never know who you're going to meet when you step out and you meet these people. Just like when you're reading a book, you never know really where that story is going to take you or how you relate to the characters. I was reading something, right. a quote or something that talked about how, you know, when you read a story, it, it, it puts you in a different frame of mind and you start relating and stuff like that. It was a cute mm. little quote, but it happens. And we don't often think about the possibilities of the positive possibilities of meeting right. people. We tend to think of the negative. And so I'm hoping that, um, people will hear this episode and feel not only inspired to get out and go to meetups and go to these events and research what's popping in their city, even if it seems kind of dismal um, as far as prospects, um, but also to, you know, get excited about meeting people and not being afraid of what might happen that might not be positive. You know, oh, well, LA is very clicky. I got a lot of that in SoCal. Mm, oh, yeah. No clicky. Like it's hard to just join. And I was like, what? I didn't have that problem. But then once somebody brought it up, then it was all I could see. So right. it gives you all the anxiety and yeah. 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 And I mean, I think like, and the one thing, so like I said, I, I'm, I am a Los Angeles native. I've lived in Los Angeles my you know, pretty much my entire life outside of going to school and, you know, grad school and stuff like that. But I mean, it's like, yes, it's clicky, but like, you can break that, you know, like it, I think it really just takes one person, you know, stepping out on a limb and being like, hi, my name is so-and-so. This is what I'm interested in. Are you interested in this? And then you might be surprised, you know, what they say or what they're willing to give you. They might be like, oh, I own a coffee shop and I'm, you know, willing to donate a coffee bar to one of your events or something like that. Um, but I think it just, it takes one person stepping out on the limb and giving, there's, there's actually another quote about, I saw it today. I don't know if it's from, gosh, I think it was like, Ah, it was from Fannie Lou Hamer. Um, and she, the quote was something to the effect of, you know, when I liberate myself, I liberate others, um, which is a quote that I think, you know, you know, various people have sort of said similar things along the same theme, but it's a really important message because I think even in networking and even in, um, and in this, you know, talk we're having about like pursuing your dreams and stepping out on a limb, like that's a part of your liberation story. Um, and when you do that, you're giving people permission to participate in your liberation story and also be inspired by that and start their own. So, um, yeah, totally. And I agree. And that kind of actually circles back because I had actually started, sometimes I start talking about something and then I make yeah. a couple of turns and I'm like, wait, where was I going? I do it literally all the time. Same. Um, but when you said liberation, it made me think of freedom, which made me think of your title, right? The, the title mm. of the group, the title of the library. And when mm. I first heard about, and this is circling back, because I started talking about this and <laughs> I didn't finish, but when I heard Free Black Women's Library, I heard it as, or I saw it as, being free. Um, and it, I mean, free as in obviously looking back as maybe way back when, um, you know, there were slaves and they weren't able to read 
um, they weren't able to have access to books of any kind at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I thought of. I thought it was like an homage to those, um, those folks, those women who weren't able. And it was like an homage. That's what I heard it as. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought free black women, like, oh, you're free. That's what I thought. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, wait, no, maybe it just means free because the books don't cost any money. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> it took me a minute to, to realize that there were multiple meetings to that. And obviously you, you hear the liberation and just saying the free black women as in 2019 version of, of what that could mean, right? Being free, right. being free from reading only books about Caucasians, being free uh, about only reading books that talk about one walk of life or only has one, um, what do they call it? Coming of age story. Right. Um, those are, those are the other things I think free could mean for us now. Um, and so it was really powerful to hear that. I'd love to talk about that a little bit more, um, yeah. To hear other people's perspectives too. When when people when you tell people your thirty second pitch, what mm-hmm. are their reactions typically? Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, on the name, I well, obviously, you know, I did not coin the name or like you know create the name. So I too am a part of this group of people who are interpreting the name and um, you know, kind of bringing our own background to like how we see the name because I feel like you know, I think black women, like you said, you know, we might think about it more in a historical sense first, where I think other people like maybe men or, you know, white people or, you know, just different people who aren't black women might not jump there first. Um, I think when they hear it, a lot of times they hear free as in like, this is a free, like, like you said, like literally the books are free, like there's no money involved. So I think that's, it's really interesting to me, um, the ways that our identities and histories affect the way that we like interact with certain words and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, I, I view it as all of the above. I mean, yes, technically the, you know, the books are free. Um, I do connect it in a historical sense. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned, black women and locating them in, um, and, and more of a historical sense where, you know, black women were prohibited from being able to read and being able to write and being able to, to share their stories openly and freely. Um, even though we were reading and writing and sharing, um, all throughout those times and, 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 and even further into the past. Um, but I also see it as free, um, free and in, in a, I guess, sort of a larger like meta sense where I'm, 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 I think we're moving towards a place where the conversation around freedom and black women is just like, let black women just be, you know? And I think that that is true freedom. Like Nina Simone says, freedom is no fear. Um, and so I think that one really amazing thing that I love telling people about the library is that we feature all books written by black women, all books. So this is not a, uh, a space where there's a hierarchy of literature, where some groups of literature are valued over others, where like black feminist theory texts are our priority. Like, no, if you have a, you know, a $5 book on Instagram, like we're putting it in our library. If you have, um, a cookbook that you wrote that's, you know, something that's been in your family or something and you want to pop it off, like we're putting it in our library. We are advocating for Black women to present themselves the ways that they want to present themselves, which to me is 
is advocating for their freedom, essentially. Um, and so that's sort of my favorite way of connecting the title to what we do. Um, and when I do give our 30 second pitch and I say, hey, like, you know, I'm the director of the Free Black Women's Library. We're a book swap that features only Black women writers. Um, usually the response is like, oh my God. <laughs> like, usually it's just, it's really like before they know anything else, they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because I mean, who else is doing this? I think that's really the thing. There's, there's, the, it really shows how much black women writers are kind of undervalued almost because yeah. this isn't a, this isn't a, um, a common sort of like occurrence for black women writers to be celebrated. I mean, for black women to be celebrated period, but, but specifically black women writers. Um, and so usually the response is really great. I did have, uh, a person who was a little bit hesitant about, supporting the library when I had mentioned it to them. Um, and this kind of spears off into like a more complicated discussion about like what it's like to be a person of color, but particularly a black person. And when you're engaging with other PLCs, uh, there can be, um, I don't know. I think I, there needs to be sort of like a meeting of the minds because there's a lot of like anti-blackness and, and, and fear. I think that some other people of color have about supporting black people exclusively and not exclusively, but just adding black people to their list of like, uh, causes. Um, there's still sort of like a hesitancy to say things like black lives matter or to say like, Oh, I support black women. It's kind of like, Oh, like I support people of color or, you know, I'm against like white supremacy, let's say, which is, which is amazing. Um, but still people I think have trouble actually saying out loud, like, yes, I support Black women, I support Black people. So I did have like a sort of odd uh, reaction when I mentioned what the library was about and how we featured exclusively Black women writers. They were like, hmm, um, like, is it okay if I support? Am I allowed to support something like this? Um, which I thought was sort of an interesting question. <laughs> um, I was like, well, you know, if you support Black women writers, then, you know, please support us if you like. I'm not going to, you know, beg for your support in that way if you're a little bit conflicted about it. But, um, but overwhelmingly, I mean, we've had like an insanely positive response. We've have, I think let's say 4,000 followers on Instagram and it hasn't even been three months. Um, so that's been really, really reassuring and comforting to know that other people are dedicated to amplifying black women's voices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that things sort of take that turn. I think people are, are getting curious. I think a lot of Caucasian people are starting to feel um, that guilt in different ways now. And obviously yeah. this can get into a, a totally different conversation, but <laughs> I feel like we, we do have to mention it a little bit here because the question does come up. And even if it's not from a white person, it could be from a Spanish person, a Latino person, um, you know, an Asian person wondering, you know, Hey, well, what about our books? What about our women? What about our stories? And, you know, as much as, you know, that's the thing though, when you're, I think when you're specifically, and I can only speak for black women because that's what I am. Um, when, when you're a black woman, I think in this society, um, in this country, you are way more sensitive to everybody. Um, and in a compassionate way, regardless of really where you stand, where you grew up, whatever, what you were told, your levels of compassion, I believe are different because you've experienced so much more, so much, um, 
so many different hurdles, so many different things. I was reading um, this book called Slay in Your Lane, and it's actually a book of um, British Black women who mm. came together, very much like yourself, who were like, you know what, I want to see these stories being told. And they wrote them, like they found the women in, in Britain, um, in the UK, wherever, uh, in London, wherever they were, and they brought together tons of stories of successful Black women of all walks of life, and they told these stories. And the one thing that they kept saying, I'm still in the beginning of the book, was that you've got to work twice as hard. And mm. so to do, to get half the credit or something like that. And I hate that saying, but I, I yeah. kept hearing it as I've gotten older. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, I think that speaks to what I'm trying to say here, which is Black women typically have to do a lot more to get really a lot less recognition. And yeah. regardless of whether you want to believe that or not, facts are facts. And I'm not the only one who believes this. It's not like a phenomenon where we're trying to, you know what I mean, make this a big deal. Like, this is just what it is. So when you yeah. look at authors and when you look at books, when you look at... um these groups that are trying to amplify voices that have been quieted or, you know, thought of as non-existent or not important. This is important work. And as black women, we understand, we actually have compassion for, I think the Latino women who want to speak up for the Muslim women who want to speak up for the um, maybe Indian or native American or Asian women who want to stand up and say something and, and speak their truth. We get it. Um, yeah. And that's why it's important because of our specific struggle to have these groups. And we are not negating anybody else. We are not um, separating ourselves. And it's so hard to have that conversation, I think, specifically really with white people. But it's hard to have that conversation with a lot of folks who don't really understand the Black woman's struggle. It um, can get touchy. It can get complicated. Yeah. There's definitely this, like, there's this sort of, um, this, like, glossing over of, the different ways that people of color experience oppression mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it's like, Oh, we're all people of color over here. And it's like, yeah, but we all carry different histories. We all carry, um, you know, different daily experiences. There's ways that we all um, have a variety of privileges that, you know, might kick in depending on what space you're in. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and that's a touchy thing because there's this, you know, this, this, odd space where there's this like oppression Olympics thing happening. And um, yeah, it can get really complicated, but I think what's most important is that we're just real about it, you know, and, and right. being real about, you know, yes, we all are, you know, under these systems of oppression, but they do affect us in different ways and being truthful and accurate about the very different ways that they affect us all is the most important when we don't do that, we're doing a serious disservice to ourselves. Exactly. And I think one way to look at it too is sort of zooming out and looking at just, you know, the fact that we all have different things going on. At the end of the day, we're all different um, as far as like our race, our ethnic backgrounds, et cetera. So even if there is a free black women's library, there could easily be um, any other group that that's out there who wants to create their own library. When you zoom Absolutely. out, we're all important. We can all support each other, right? Oh. That's part of the inclusiveness there. We can all um, interact with each other. We can all support. We can all go out and read, right? How many people are still hooked on freaking <laughs> Harry Potter? I swear, I got an email from Alex oh Nani today about more Harry Potter shit. I'm like, dude, I am so tired <laughs> of Harry Potter. But let me tell you, JK Rowling is killing it. And mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people that she has inspired, a lot of women that she's inspired to write all kinds of books. And so, mm. you know, there's even within the the different genres, I think there's been this push to, to write about different things. And I get yeah. it, but we can all definitely, regardless of, you know, if you're listening to this and you are um, 
whatever, it doesn't matter. You pick it, whatever you are, you can still support <laughs> this library and you can support other um, things that are going on. There's a lot of things going on right now with the Muslim community and support flow, flowing in and flooding into them. Support yeah. them, right? Support them if you feel like you want to do that. Um, I think it's important to support. Um, so one thing I did want to ask you, this was a question I had, very basic question um, okay. with, with the pop-up. So tell me exactly how this works. You mentioned you meet once a month. So yes. when I think pop-up, I think like a really fancy like van that has like a backdoor thing and it's like glass. How do you guys do these <laughs> events? Um, and how, how does it work? If I want to donate my book, let's say I finish the Slate in Your Lane book, I want to donate that in. Do I get something and then I've got to swap it later? Or how does the, the whole process work? Okay, so um, so the way that the pop-ups work is there is no van, um, <laughs> at least not yet. Um, we have talked about potentially getting like a vehicle, like a van or something like that, or so that it's like actually a mobile library. Um, but, you know, that's like big picture stuff later on. But um, so right now we have about six partners in the city and they're all small coffee shops or art spaces um, that we love and that we support their mission and they support our mission. And so our plan is to have our pop-ups take place at our different partner sites. And then hopefully um, we'll, we'll probably rotate throughout those sites, but we'd like to expand and visit just different like local businesses all across the city. Um, and we're not picky about, necessarily sticking to like central Los Angeles. Um, we're open to like going to Long Beach. We got homies in Compton. So we want to be all around greater Los Angeles. And so essentially um, the pop-up is a group of structures. So like tables, shelves, um, just different things that can hold black women writers books. Um, we also have um, different events that are planned that are going to happen in conjunction with the book swap. So people will be able to come to our, you know, area that's going to be attached to wherever we are. So let's say for like a coffee shop, then we might set up shop like right outside or right in front or, you know, like in the corner or something like that. Um, so we'll be there. Um, People can come bring their books. So it's really important that you actually bring books that are written by Black women with you. Um, we might have a sort of lending library operation taking place later on this year um, once we gain a larger collection where people can actually like check out books and return them to us, hopefully. Um, <laughs> so um, that's something for like the future that we've been talking about. But for now it's operating as a book swap. So you bring a book, you get a book. Um, and we have a really amazing collection of books that we've been building. We have science fiction books, children books, cookbooks. I mean, like literally the list goes on. Um, every day I open up our PO box to get a new surprise book. And each time I'm like floored um, by all of the different things that black women are doing. Um, so that's sort of like the way that it looks, just the actual book swap for the events that we have. We have a list of events that are going to be coming up that are going to be in conjunction with the book swap. So while the book swap is happening, um, we're scheduling different panel discussions, workshops, um, sometimes there'll be, um, like tutorials on how to, um, maybe 
like use different herbs in your home to help heal you, you know, by a local like LA healer or something like that. So um, there's a lot of different sort of functions of a library. And if you think about, you know, public libraries functions, they are really big resources in communities. Um, if you go to a local public library, you know, it's not just a place to get books, it's a place to figure out where you can find jobs. It's a place where you can figure out, you know, how you can donate blood or how you can, um, you know, get tutoring services for your kids. So we want to be a multifunctional pop-up space. Um, so it's kind of hard to sort of like pinpoint exactly how it will look because it will change from month to month. Um, but there will always be the book swap and there will always be some sort of event attached to it that engages the community and hopefully serves the community in a great way. That's awesome. I'm so glad you talked about that and also the growth that you're expecting um, or hoping for. I think what I like most about this is that there is no truck uh, right now. <laughs> that is when I, so I asked that because actually when you mentioned that I, I thought of, I don't know where this picture in my head is coming from. If it's coming from Instagram, because I saw a post, it may have been from IG. You, maybe it was on your page. Mm. Um, and I'll have to post the picture, but there's a picture of like a, a book cart in front of a building. Um, at like a bookstore and to me that's a very it's very New York that's very you're walking down some street in some borough and you turn the corner and it's like this old school bookstore that's been there for a million years and there's this stand out front and you've got all kinds of books and you can just kind of take one yeah Um, that is that is very New York yeah and but that's sort of the vibe where you you guys are showing up in different spaces all kinds of different spaces which I like the fact that it's not one standstill place and yeah. you roll up literally and you've got all the different books and then people can show up and, and swap, but you're building that collection. People are donating from all over to, to add to this collection so that you have a nice sort of array of books from all the different genres. So yeah, I think it's really yeah. cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's really important for us. And this is why donating to our library, I'm going to just plug that in right now. (laughs) Donating to our library is really critical because um, I recently spoke at a middle school that's doing a book drive for us. Um, Shout out to Harvard Westlake. Thank you. Um, Those kids are amazing. Um, So uh, it's really important for us to have a wide range of books available for people to view, swap, and engage with because we want people to know that Black women are out here doing it in every single genre. I mean, like, there are Black women that are writing books about, you know, dragons and all, you know, all those sorts of things that we, you know, recognize J.K. Rowling for and stuff like that, um, that people don't even know are Black women, you know? Like, there might not be a book that has a Black person on the front of it, but, you know, it's us. So it's really important that we give people an opportunity to engage in, with Black women in ways that they don't typically engage with Black women. So um, yeah, donating is really critical for us. People have literally donated books that they've gone back to their mama's house and found their Cheetah Girls book and like mailed it to us. I mean, there's just been so many different ways that we've gotten books and all the ways we love and respect and welcome. Um, we have an Amazon book wish list that we're constantly adding to. Um, and I can send you the link to that. But um, we have an Amazon book wish list. So it's a really easy way to just purchase a book that's like, you know, five or six dollars. It goes directly to our PO box and directly into our library. So 
you know, you don't have to leave your house. You can, you know, donate, donate, excuse me, from South Africa, you know, from England, wherever you are. Um, we also have a Patreon account. Um, that is, it's maybe about a week old. So right now we have about four patrons, but we're hoping to get 50 patrons by June. Um, and that's to help us with the maintenance of the library. So all of the work that, that I'm doing and that my team members are doing is 100% just us. Um, we're not, you know, state funded or, <laughs> or anything like that. We're literally just like black women that are, um, that are, that want to create a space for us and, and want to celebrate us. And that takes time and it takes energy and it takes money. Um, the gas money that it takes to go pick up books from Long Beach or, um, you know, maintaining storage costs and things like that, it, it can be costly. So if you would like to support us in that way, that would be helpful. Um, we also would like to be able to compensate Black women for the labor that they offer to our workshops. So when we invite a Black woman to come and speak or to teach or to do a workshop, um, it's important to us that we pay her for what she does. Um, even if she is offering it for the community, um, she deserves to be compensated uh, in the ways that you know others are compensated for for what they do. So. Um, we'd like to have the funds to be able to support black women financially. Um, that is a really, really like important thing. I think it's, is starting to become a part of the conversation now when people talk about equal pay and feminism and stuff like that. Um, black women's compensation um, for their labor, for their emotional labor, all of these different things um, we do need to pay to pay black women for the work that they do. So that's one way that you can support. Um, as I said, we welcome any books that are just mailed to our PO box. If you're in the city and you have a lot of books and that could be a little costly to mail the books, um, I'm totally down to just schedule a time to come pick them up. So there's a variety of ways that you can support us, even just sharing a post or, you know, a quote or just like sending it to your homegirl, like, hey, have you, have you heard about this? Um, is a really great way to help support us because I know not everybody is um, financially able to just, you know, donate all this money to our GoFundMe or even commit to a monthly payment. Um, we totally understand that. So even just sharing anything um, from any of our social media accounts, that's super helpful too. Perfect. And I will put all of these links in the show notes. Um, I know you guys are on IG. And so if you guys are listening in and you're on IG right now, definitely follow them on Instagram. It is free black women's library underscore LA, right? Yes. The underscore is very important because our mom organization has the same name. So I've had people be like, I don't see anything about LA here. I'm like, it's underscore LA. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, jump off for us. <laughs> yes. And so I'll put the link D definitely follow both pages. Um, definitely definitely. Both pages. It's, it's totally worth following both pages, but what I would like for everybody listening to do, obviously a lot of my listeners are on the East coast, but I have listeners all over and I obviously was in San Diego. So I've got a lot of friends in SoCal. Um, what I would like everyone to do is just share a quote or a page, like you said, um, onto your social media, onto your Facebook accounts and just ask people who are in LA to support. And support could mean anything. It could mean showing up to the next event. It could mean getting people together. If you have a meetup group, posting a meetup 
and hosting it and, and getting a group together to go to the next pop-up um, and to bring books and to sort of prepare for that. Whatever it is that you're doing, you could be in, maybe you have a daughter or a niece um, who's in the Girl Scouts and you guys want to have, you know what I mean? You can get really creative with yeah. this. Oh yeah. Kids are always down to help. And there's so many ways to sort of acquire books. And what I want to see is more people of all walks of life on amazon.com looking for black women authors in the search engine. Like that's what I want to see. So follow the, I will link the um, Amazon wish list on there. I think that's a fantastic way. We all, I mean, come on, we, we go to a happy hour and we'll easily drop <laughs> like $60 on like four drinks and some onion rings. So I really feel like <laughs> most of the people listening here have it in them in some way to, to support financially and, or, um, you know, posting the word, spreading the word, following on IG and, and getting your friends in LA to, to do what they can. Maybe, you know, somebody who's got like a gazillion cookbooks that they really don't use anymore. Um, you know, we hold on to things. I, I know my parents yeah. have a lot of stuff from, you know, they've got four kids. They've got a lot of stuff from us just kind of loitering in their house, you know, would do the Marie Kondo. And, you know, if there's something yeah. that isn't inspiring joy or sparking joy anymore, and you want it to maybe spark joy for someone else, you know, give it away, give it, donate it. That's a fantastic, we're spring cleaning. I may actually do an episode of spring cleaning and Mm. I will shout you guys out again for that um, (laughs) to get people to donate, to clear out the stuff that you're not using a book that changed your life. Maybe, maybe it'll change someone else's. You never know. You you never know. So um, we were talking about that last week on the show too, just like the books that we read as kids who when, you know, when we were little, we were just reading the classics, reading what we were supposed to read and what our parents told us and what was required at school. And then we started getting a little bit more adventurous. And then we started turning left and just buying books that our parents are like, probably not approving of. And those are the kind of books that you want access to, right? You want access to the books that are telling stories of all kinds. And maybe, you know, there's somebody out there who just really wants to cook and they need cookbooks. They need books on baking. Um, It could really be as simple as that. So I will be definitely figuring out ways that I can support. Um, And the next time, obviously, I'm in LA, definitely plan a trip to make sure I can hit one of you all's events. And um, I will be telling all my friends in San Diego to make sure, because, you know, most people in San Diego are in LA, like, every quarter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whether they want to or not. (laughs) Yeah, we have some followers in San Diego, too, that are like, are you guys coming to San Diego for a weekend? And I'm like, "Mm, are you coming to L.A. for a weekend? You probably are. Um, Yeah, I we have a couple events that are coming up in the next few months. Um, So our most recent event or our you know, soonest, soonest event is next month. It's going to be at the end of April and it's our launch party. So it's kind of our introduction to LA and we're also having a reading and we're hosting black women writers that are local to LA and we're having a talk back discussion afterwards about black women's storytelling, um, vulnerability, identity, um, authenticity, all those sorts of good things. So if anyone is in the city, please stay tuned so you can stop by. Um, Our first pop-up event is going to be in June. So we're celebrating Juneteenth and also Octavia Butler's birthday, which is June 22nd. Um, So we'll be talking about Afrofuturism. We'll have a panel on her life. Um, We're also going to have a panel featuring Black Black Librarians in Los Angeles. Um, 
Black women librarians. So that's going to be super fun. We have a couple workshops in the works for kids, like a doll making workshop and stuff like that. So it should be a really amazing event. We would love, love, love for you all to come. Um, and also starting next month, we are going to have kind of like a mini event um, that's going to be the first Saturday of every month at the Underground Museum. And we're going to be chilling in the garden, reading books written by Black women. And it's going to be great. So it's going to be between 1 and 3 p.m. every first Saturday of the month. Um, so we're going to go. We'll get some baskets, fill them up with the books so you guys can engage with those. We have some yoga mats that we got and there's tea. Um, so that's sort of like a small way if people want um, just a space to chill um, on Saturday afternoons um, to read with us. So we have some really fun stuff in the works that we want to do for the city. Um, and as we mentioned before, anyone's welcome, all ages, all gender identities, all backgrounds, like please come um, and commune with us. Amazing. I am excited. The, all of these events sound amazing. <laughs> all of them. Um, yeah, they are the events that I want to go to so bad. <laughs> I love that. I do. Yeah. I love, and that's exactly what I was talking about in the beginning, right? If you're, you know, if you're in a place where you want to see something and you're maybe not seeing it, then you can absolutely create that for yourself and for those around you. Um, one thing I did want to say here is just, you know, as I'm thinking about you talking about different events and the types of things and how really thoughtful you guys are being about putting these types of events together from the yoga mats to the tea to having certain people come and speak to having the doll making all of these things are so thoughtful and they're so well thought out what i think of immediately is how or who i know who can add right who can mm. add in something or who can maybe help out or be that sort of buffer or something, that add-on that special whatever that might be fun that you haven't thought of. And I, I really welcome everybody listening to do the same thing. So think about it. Just take a couple of seconds and think about how can I help support? Maybe it's not me specifically. Maybe I know somebody in LA. Maybe I know somebody in Detroit. Maybe I know somebody who has access to somebody who can help in some way. Um, I really want all of the people listening, all the people tuning in to start thinking that way when it's anybody that comes into your space talking about something they're working on or talking about anything. Um, you never know who's in your network that could maybe be able to support unless you really kind of sit and think about it and then make it an option. Um, it's funny. Most people are willing to help. And I'm sure you'll, you've seen that. Most people are willing to say, oh yeah, sure. I'll do that. Or I'll help out or sure. I'm available. And you'd be surprised. And I don't know why, but I think we don't think people are going to be like that because maybe yeah. we experienced something when we were younger, maybe because we're just not super outgoing, but there's a lot of people who want to help. So whenever you hear someone doing something amazing, try to figure out who you know or who you might know or what you can do to support them in a way that could actually end up being something really, really prominent or important for them. So I know we all know somebody who could be of value. So just think about it. Um, if you happen to think of somebody or if you happen to have an idea for one of the events or for partnering up or something like that, maybe you want to pitch to them, absolutely send them a DM. Um, I have, we can post your email. I'm sure they can find that too, but you know, send a note, just send a quick note. You never know. You guys could easily just say no, right? Asha, you could be like, eh, yeah. good. But yeah. you, know, you might also be like, you know what? That could be a great event for, or that could be a great option for this event, or that could be a great idea for that or I could really love or need support here. Um, so just 
take the second and, and send the note out. Um, and this is for anybody, guys. This isn't just for this. This is for anything. <laughs> um, just send the note out and try to be of service. I think the more we are of service, especially when someone else is sort of pioneering, right, and mm-hmm. leading the way, it just it makes it a bigger experience. It makes it a bigger there's bigger meaning. I think it has more meaning behind it. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. I think the more people we have at the table, um, the better. And it just takes literally just saying like, Hey, you want to come sit and talk and like, let's see like what we can do together. Um, and there's ways that you might be able to be of service to someone else in that conversation where you didn't even realize like you had something to offer them and they have something to offer you. So exactly. yeah, yes. Sweet. I totally support. Okay. So I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Everything will be there for you guys. I've, I know I've mentioned a few things. Um, all of those things will be there and you can easily go and find them on IG and then their Patreon is listed as their um, website on there and there's some other things listed. So definitely reach out. You can always shoot them a DM. I'm sure they don't mind. Please. Um, we love DMs. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited about the Amazon list too. I can't wait to like just peruse it. Um, and then I'm oh, gonna go it's through. a great book. I mean, not a great book, excuse me. It's a great list. If you are just looking for like, you know, book recommendations, oh, yeah. I mean, we've got, I, like I said, I update it almost weekly. So if you're just like, Hey, what should I be reading right now? Please check out our list. Um, one thing that I always forget to mention to people is that we are on Spotify as well. Um, we have playlists that are curated based off of the themes of black writers, black women writers and black women's books. Um, so we have like an Audre Lorde, the Black Unicorn playlist. We have a playlist that's um, based off of To Be Young, Gifted, and Black by Lorraine Hansberry. So if you're interested on the musical side um, and you're, you know, interested in sort of like hearing the ways that we think some of these books could come to life, please follow us on Spotify. We have our link on our Instagram page too. Perfect. I will absolutely do that. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm on Spotify all the time. So that's that's fantastic. We will link that as well. Um, so as a way to sort of close out, um, I did want to ask you. I think I'll ask you. Really, I want to know. You just seem so you know motivated and driven, and you're just doing really cool things. So I want to know if there's something that you could just speak to, or maybe. Um, maybe like kind of loosely quote, what really inspires you to keep going or what is that fire within you that kind of pushes you forward to, to keep doing the work that you're doing and really to aspire for more. Can you give us like a little bit of that or maybe say something inspiring? Yeah, sure. I think, um, I think what motivates me is, um, it's honestly just the people that I have around me. I think I'm, I'm constantly inspired by my peers. I'm constantly inspired by my family, by the black women that are in my family. And so um, I've talked a little bit earlier about um, how LA can be isolating. And I think there are ways that I think each of us can kind of isolate ourselves. Um, and that is, um, it can be really hindering to, to your progress and to your growth and to your ability to, really see the potential that you have when it's just you in a room alone, you know, on your phone or just, you know, and I mean, we all have the times where we're like binge watching Netflix shows or, you know, binge watching something on Hulu and, and those things are fine. Um, and, you know, we all do need downtime. I personally need a lot of alone time to recharge. Um, but 
it's also really imperative that you keep people around you that you feel inspired by and keep people around you that um, are genuinely interested in your upliftment and, and pushing you to be a better person. And also just like respecting, respecting the times where you're, um, where you're not necessarily like, you know, feeling good or feeling motivated. I think like, I don't know, sometimes being on social media can be really intimidating because it feels like everyone there has it all together all the time um, because people are showing you a, a literal snapshot of, of their life. And so I try actually not to rely on social media for motivation. At times I can use social media like quotes or something like that to, you know, help kind of kickstart me when I'm feeling down or like, you know, remind me of, of, of my worth or remind me to even unplug. Um, but I found that social media can really actually be a huge detriment to my, to my progress and to my ability to, to, to feel motivated and to feel of value because it's just, it's just like, uh, it's like sensory overload. It's, it's really more, you're, you're intaking more than what I think is, is healthy. So um, one thing I try to do is to connect with actual people um, weekly. Sometimes I just like go and sit outside and just like remember like, no, like, you know, I, I am here and I, I have my own purpose and I have my own things that I'm connected to. Like I'm connected to this earth that I'm sitting on. Um, I'm connected to the air that I'm breathing in. So just taking those times to, um, to just kind of re-familiarize yourself with and, and re-ground yourself, those things help fill me and they help me um, sort of lot, rely on a foundation that is, that is unmoved, I guess. Social media, I think, is like always changing. Trends are changing. But like, you know, who you are and, and the people that you love and the people that love you and, and you know, the, the ground that we work, walk on, the air that we breathe, all of those things are unmoving and unchanged. So I think just sort of like relying on those things, calling on those things, you know, talking to your ancestors, asking them for help. You don't even have to be like a, you know, a full blown, you know, witchy person or even like a, you know, a churchy person or anything like that to like take a moment to, um, re-familiarize yourself and reconnect yourself to the things that that helped you get to where you are and and will and will always carry you and, and are unmoved so that's kind of like my I don't know if I fully answered the question but um in terms of just like a, a leaving you all with a motivating thought um one thing that motivates me is remembering that uh I am deliberate and, and I'm afraid of nothing. And that's an Audre Lorde quote. And I love particularly the first part, which is I am deliberate, um, which it's not even necessarily deliberate in like I am being deliberate, but I am deliberate. I am, I am a, a person that was created for a purpose. I, everything that I do is intentional. I'm not here, you know, just, for nothing, you know, like I, this, every move that I make is an intentional move. Um, and so sometimes the afraid of nothing part of the quote can be a little scary and a little intimidating, um, but it's as true as the, as the first. And so that's sort of a quote that I, that I always keep with me um, as like an affirmation. 
I love that quote. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And for those of you who are like, wait, social media, what will I ever do without it? Um, Well, you can get a book and that's what I've been doing and I love it. And it has been fantastic. I have acquired like 12 books in the last couple of weeks just because I found so many great recommendations and a lot of new books have been coming out. So get a really good book and sit down and read it. Find somebody who inspires you. Maybe you want to know more about the Audre Lorde quote and you want to dive deeper into that. There's a lot of books out there and there's some really good ones. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely if you are like, a great, what am I supposed to do without Instagram or, you know, Facebook is getting kind of boring in my opinion, but there is yeah. a lot of stuff on IG that's just, it's just overwhelming. And every, every week I try to make sure I'm cleaning stuff out. If I'm triggered by somebody, I just mute them or I take them off, yes. you know, no need for any of that. Um, and yeah, I replace it with a book. So now before going to bed, I've started this new practice where I just will have a book. And I, I read somewhere about, it's like a productivity webinar and it was like, read 10 minutes or 10 pages a day. If you mm. read, if you can commit, to reading 10 pages a day, you'll finish like a gazillion books. And I was like, well, damn, that's actually kind of smart. I could do 10, I mean, 10 pages. Come on, anybody can do 10 pages. So that's been, yeah. so before bed, I try to just read and it helps you fall asleep, which is great. Um, it helps yeah. you sort of wind down a little bit. So maybe you could find you a nice nightcap book. Um, again, I will post the link to the Amazon list um, for everybody to check out. Yeah, there's definitely, I like that you mentioned the 10 pages a day because that's, I mean, I think it can be intimidating and daunting. I know on Instagram, there's so many bookstagrammers that are like, my challenge is to read 10 books this month. And I'm just like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't do that. And that's okay. You know, like I'm definitely not advocating like, well, I'm just going to say like, I love Instagram and I, that's why I have to, you know, sort of measure out my time on Instagram because it can take over your life. Um, But yeah, modifying um, practices so that they fit your life but still serve you um, is the way to go. So 10 books, I mean, not 10 books, 10 pages a day versus, you know, challenging yourself to do 10 books a month. Like, just let's be real. Um, so, and I've, I've really been diving into having um, books that have like short stories or vignettes in them because then I can read like one vignette a night and I feel, you know, I feel like I've done my, my reading for the day. Absolutely. And the Slay in Your Lane book that I'm reading and also the Well-Read Black Girl book are also built like that. So they're stories. They're um, little stories from so many different really amazing women. Um, So that's one of those types of books. And I mentioned the book, I think, on my podcast episode before last on half-assing. That episode, I mentioned uh, the success principles. And if you guys heard that and you wanted, that's another one where he gives a principle each sort of, you know, with a little story in the background so you can read like one a day. Um, I think that's cool too. So definitely you guys have lots of options. I really appreciate that bit that you said, and it was very motivating. And I hope that it inspires some of us listening to keep moving forward and to keep going after what we're trying to go after and to be deliberate, not only in the sense of actually, you know, the action of it, but embodying what being deliberate on this planet means. Uh, Because that's super powerful. Um, So yeah, that's been, this is a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining in. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun and great. Yes. And so we'll, We'll do another recap, um, maybe later this year when you guys have gotten things going and you've had some events, we may do something. I may come out to LA and, um, we'll just do something really cool. I'd love to have you on if you're down, um, to do like an IG live and we can talk some more about some of your favorite books. So if you're tuning into this episode live on Thursday 
on the day that it drops or you're following me on Instagram, definitely pay attention to my story. Um, I will announce it. Asha, if you're down, um, we could. I'm down. Okay, cool. So we'll totally hop on <laughs> IG. I think that'd be fun. It's a great place to do Q and A, and mm-hmm. it's a great place to talk about some things that we didn't get to talk about because we don't get to talk about everything on the episode because we're flowing and we're going. And right. I don't get to hit all my questions and topics. So I would love to to do an IG live where we talk a little bit about some of your favorite books and some of the authors that maybe inspired you and stuff like that. So if you guys are listening, tune in. My IG handles are at Whitney Danielle Coaching. And also there's one for the Network and Spill um, Instagram page. So follow me on both and tune in and we'll we'll announce the time and everything and the date um, later. But make sure you're tuned in because I think that'd be really fun. I agree. I think IG Live is amazing. So yeah, I'd totally be down. I actually prepared like a list of books to share. So So we can talk about that maybe then. Okay, cool. So that's the incentive. You guys will get access to that list and I will actually (laughs) post the list on my um, IG pages as well um, after the IG Live goes live. So perfect. All right, guys. Well, make sure you are subscribed and you comment and you leave me a really amazing five-star review because this episode was absolutely five-star worthy. Um, And you follow everything that I've mentioned. You donate as much as you can. You share this information as much as you can and do some spring cleaning, Marie Kondo, some of your stuff. If you have some things you want to send over, I will absolutely put the PO box information um, in the link in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in guys. I'll talk to you next time. Cheers.